All right. Now that we're in a real uppity uppity mood right now, let's see if we can uh, uh, go to the Word here and learn something this morning. All right. Um, if you have a Bible, uh, turn it to Colossians, the second chapter. Uh, we're going to be looking there at the first verses six through about 15. So one of the so one of the things I like to do for exercise, and uh, I mostly like it because it's it's low energy and I'm pretty good at it. Okay, and that is walking. I enjoy going walking. I enjoy walking. Okay, I've also found out that it's a good opportunity to take the kids out and let them go walking and burn some energy so they're calmer when they get home. Okay, so it's twofold. But I but I enjoy walking. Um, it's you know, it gives me some exercise. It's not over strenuous, but at least I feel like I'm doing something. Okay. Uh, I've tried the running thing that lasted for about three months and decided that, that was not, not my cup of tea. Okay. That was too strenuous and too much, too much exercise. And uh, as we were discussing in our growth group uh, yesterday, we're pretty sure that running can kill you. If you don't believe me, Michael's got some examples for you. Okay. All right. But what I want to talk about this morning is I want to talk about walking and spiritual freedom. Okay, I think that's pretty important. It was just one of those things that's kind of been uh, laid on my heart till uh, the last week. Mostly from the aspect of, I don't believe I'm walking in the kind of freedom that God really wants me to. I think I, I come close, but then I'm just not quite there. You know what I'm saying? So, as I've been looking at this and putting some things together, there's some things that I felt like I just needed to, to readjust and to redo. And to uh, put that walk back the way it was supposed to be. So, well, so when you talk about walking, walking in freedom, of course I'm talking about spiritual freedom, okay? But to really understand what freedom is, we have to have some kind of definition of what that is. And I think that uh, we have to be careful because I think that our world has a messed up idea about what freedom is, all right? Freedom according to our world is what? Doing whatever you want. With no consequences, okay? That's, that's supposed to be freedom. Okay, I can do whatever I want, whenever I want, and then I don't have any consequences for it. Now, we understand that all that creates is what? Chaos. Okay, just creates chaos and issues. Okay, so that's not truly freedom. The definition that I found, um, I believe it's from the Oxford Dictionary. It says that the power or the right to act, speak, or think as one wants without hindrance or restraint. We do have some freedom of choice. Okay, so that's the definition that they put. It mirrors exactly what the world thinks what freedom is. That I can do whatever I want, whenever I want, no consequences. Now, the freedom I'm talking about, of course, is, is the spiritual freedom, which, which is the freedom that we get by walking with Jesus. Okay, walking in Jesus. And that's what I want to focus on this morning. Uh, last week, I told you uh, that one of my goals was to read the Ephesians 5 passage uh, at least once a day. Okay. I didn't get every day this week, but I got five. So I think that's a pretty good start. Okay, I'll take it. All right. We'll go for seven next week. But as I was reading that, once again, it began to point out the, the shortfalls of what I think I, I should be when I'm walking in the spiritual freedom. Okay. I just love that Ephesians passage. It's one of those that's always been dear to my heart. And whenever I read it, I realize just how much of not a Christian I am. Okay. And it, re, it just reinforces to me that there's some things I need to work on, okay? So what does it mean to walk in spiritual freedom? Well, the first thing we have to do is walking in spiritual freedom is also walking in truth, all right? We have to have some truth. If we're going to walk in true freedom, we have to have some truth. And what truth am I talking about? 
Well, we have to go back to what I've been talking about for the last couple of weeks, the very basics, and that is Jesus dying on the cross for our sin. That's where it starts. Okay, That's where walking in freedom starts, is that truth of salvation. If you go to uh, Colossians now, the second, uh, the second chapter, and we read that verse 6, it says, So then, just as you receive Christ, Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in Him. Or in the, in the English version, it says, to walk in Him. Okay? We're supposed to what? Walk in Him. We're supposed to walk with Him. We're supposed to live in Jesus. Okay? Okay? Got that connection? And then it says, and then it says rooted and built up in Him, strengthened in faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceitful philosophies, which depends on human tradition and elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than of Christ. So, that chapter starts out with what? We're supposed to be walking in Christ. That's where we find that freedom. And how, where does that freedom start? By accepting Jesus our Lord and our Savior, beginning that walk with Him. Okay? Then, it goes on to continue to give you a warning against what? That there are some things out there and I think when we're talking about Colossians here, if I was understanding the background of it, Paul is dealing with some false teachings and some old law that was sneaking back in. And he was saying, do not be led astray by those, but what? Focus on the truth that you know, and that is what? Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins. Okay? So we have to be careful. Because the world is pretty good at leading us astray. And once we begin that process of being led astray from that, and we get off the topic of this very basic truth of Christianity, okay, that Jesus died on the cross for our sins, lived the perfect life, could do all that for us, then we begin to not live in that freedom that Christ has given us because we're veering off this direction, okay? So, at the basis of walking in freedom, we have to understand the very basic concept of the, of the truth of salvation. Once we understand that, and I've covered that many times, like last week, I, we talked about focusing on Jesus and only Jesus, okay? So I don't want to labor that point too much. But what I want to also talk about and continue on is once we understand that truth and we grab onto that truth, that's not where it stops. Okay? Walking in freedom. And that's why I like the, the illustration and the thought pattern of walking. When you're walking, you're moving towards what? Something, right? Whatever that goal, that destination is, you're walking, you're moving, you're progressing towards something. And I like that because I feel like that's the way the Christian walk should be. We're moving forward. We're progressing, we're moving towards that image that, of Jesus in front of us, right? That's the goal, that's what we're going for, okay? So we can't just take this, the truth of salvation and just stop there. That's not, what, that's not what Jesus wanted us to do. We're supposed to be walking with him on a daily basis, moving forward, progressing till we can, be, till we can conform to that image that he has, that, uh, that image and that example that he's given us, okay? So I love that analogy of walking. It just, it just makes sense to me. Um, it's like when I go, uh, when we would go hiking with my kids, you know, uh, hiking is just walking on steroids, okay? We just decided to throw in a few hills and some puddles and some things like that, okay? Now, when we first started, it was real easy because I could walk faster and longer than the kids, okay? That's not so much true anymore, okay? <laughs> now, now, uh, now the kids think that it's no longer hiking, it's trail running, okay? And so you, we, you're going too far, slow down. And then they're going around behind you and pushing dad up the hill. You know what I'm saying? So we're, but as we progress, we could take uh, longer hikes, 
they were uh, steeper hikes. They were just more complicated hikes. Why? Because they were progressing. Okay. So we started out with the really short ones. We got to the point where the other day we took one, and I didn't think I was going to make it to the top. Okay. Of course, they're at the top waving at me. It's like, you know, you've got about 150 pounds less than I do. Okay. Just calm down. Okay. But it's progression. You work towards something. You're climbing that hill. You're doing something on a daily basis. You're moving forward. You're trying to live in that freedom that Christ has given you through the salvation of Jesus Christ. Okay? But we got to keep moving. It's not one of those things that's just a one and done thing. <clears throat> uh, let me give you a few more verses. Um, uh, Ephesians 3.12. It says, In whom we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in him. Okay, so where we can get the boldness, where we can get the courage from, where we can get that freedom from, it's from our faith in him. Okay, Romans 8, 1 through 4. There is therefore no, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus. For the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law weakened by the flesh could not do. By sending his own son in the likeness of his sinful flesh and for sin. He condemns sin in flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Okay. So if we're walking with Jesus, is that where we're going to find the freedom? Absolutely. And you'll be surprised at the kind of freedom you can have if you're willing to walk with Jesus. Okay. And how do we progress? I don't want to, I don't want to go too far without taking that to the next step as well. How do we progress? How do we keep moving forward? Because it sounds easy enough. Okay, yeah, I understand the, 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 the truth of salvation. Jesus died for me. I've accepted him. But where do we go from there? If we're going to continue this walk, what's the next thing we need to do? Well, I think one of the things you're doing right now is absolutely being a, being a church body that uh, is all about truth. I think that's great. Okay, that's a step in the right direction. But I think more than anything, you're going to have to be in what? This, on a daily basis. Okay, that's why the scripture saturation was so important to me last week as the Lord convicted me with that. Because I felt like I was just back to the basic. Uh, okay, I understand salvation, but I'm not progressing. And I, under, and I began to realize that I need to be in this more, spend some more time in this, because this is what's going to get me to the next step. Okay? And uh, this, is, this truly is God's roadmap for us. If we're going to progress with this walk, we've got to be in this on a daily basis. And then we've got to be talking to Him. Okay? That's how we progress. Got to keep moving forward. <clears throat> now, the, and the next thing we have to understand that when it comes to, to walking in freedom, we also have to be walking in trust. And I know that sounds a little weird, but I will explain what I want to talk about there. Because when you're walking in trust, that means that you're putting your hope and your faith into something or someone. Is that important? Absolutely. Okay. If we continue reading um, in our Colossians passage, it says, For in Christ all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form, and in Christ you have been brought to fullness. He is the head of er he is head over every power and authority. Did you hear that? He is the head over what? Every power and authority. Okay, now that's important. Hold on to that. And in and in him. You were also circumcised with circumcision not performed by human hands. Your whole self ruled by flesh was put off when you were circumcised by Christ. Okay. He is the head over what? All power and all authority. Okay. If you're going to put your, your trust into somebody, 
Sounds like a pretty good option to me. Because is there anybody above him? Not from what that verse is saying. He's the head over what? All power, all authority. Okay. Now let me, let me explain to you and show you how the trust part works in freedom. Now the world wants you to believe that if you're living under authority, then you don't have freedom, right? Okay? Because to be free means to have no authorities in your life ever, okay? I'm here to tell you it's quite the opposite. You're going to find more freedom if you are under authority. And whose authority am I talking about? God's, okay? It is amazing the kind of freedom I have because I understand that, God, that God's got it, Okay? For instance, um, I've had several conversations with people at work about how the world is going to end and they're concerned about the global warming and that stuff like that. I have a pretty good idea of how it's all going to come about. Okay? And I understand on top of that that who's got control of it? God. So do I really need to worry about it? No. So I don't have this, this anxiety, this worry about how things are going to end. Because why? God's got it. Okay? I understand he has authority over it. I understand he's going to take care of it. Now, granted, it may not come to the end that I would like it to have. You know what I'm saying? But in the end, it will come to his end. And, that, and I'm okay with that. Because I know he's got it. Okay? All power, all authority. Okay? And it's amazing how if we're not living under his, his authority and his, or putting our trust in him, the kind of things that begin to bog us down. Because then we start to worry. We have anxiety. There's just, I mean, the list goes on and on and on. You can pull so many examples from the Bible of things. If you do it the way the Bible says, you're going to avoid a lot of heartache and stress. Okay? I mean, I, know, I understand that the world out there wants to believe that Christians just live by a bunch of rules. But those rules give me freedom. Okay? And so to me, it's like, if you want to live in true freedom, you got to have that authority. Now, it has to be the right authority. Because... If it was the U.S. government that we're talking about here that I'm putting my trust in, um, I'd be sadly disappointed on a daily basis. Oh, wait, I am anyway. Okay? You understand. It's, it's all about who you put your trust in and who has the power to help you with that freedom. Okay? Let's, uh, let's pull a few examples. Um, I would say er, er, everybody's familiar with the, with the story of the rich young ruler, right? Came to Jesus, and Jesus said, if you're going to follow me, what do you have to do? Give up all your riches. Did he? No. He was very rich. He basically hung his head and walked away. Okay? That's the Reader's Digest version of it. Okay? There's a few more details in there. But what I want us to pull out from there is, do you think that he was living in freedom? No. He had the opportunity. Okay? Jesus said, give up your riches. Come trust in me. And then we'll start walking. But what did he do? He put his trust in riches and walked away sad. Okay? What you put your trust in, what you, what you put your faith in, is going to determine how much freedom that you can live. Okay? When you have a God, and I, and I, and I keep going back to this, because I still think this is just, just amazing to me, is if you go back to the beginning, okay, so you're putting your trust in, in, in God. Is that significant? Absolutely. Because if you go back to the beginning of how, uh, how the world was created, what did God do? He spoke. Okay? And I had this argument with somebody. Okay? He just spoke it. He didn't take two things that were already there, combine them together to create something. No. He just spoke it, and it happened. 
If that is not a picture of his power, I don't know what is. Okay? He spoke it and it happened. That's just an immense amount of power that I can't even begin to understand. Right? Now, as I have talked about in our growth group, I really hope there's like some kind of archive machine or something that I can see when I get to heaven because I'd like to see how that actually happened. So God says, boom, there's trees. Did they just spring up or do they just appear? I mean, how does that all work? You know, so I hope there's something there that I can be able to see some of that stuff. But who you put your trust in is extremely important. And I'm willing to put my trust in God because I've, the immense power that he has is something that we can't even imagine in this world. Okay? And the freedom you have by living in that is just amazing because he's got it. He's got it figured out. Okay, so. And I know this is true because if you go and look at my own house, when I am doing the things that I'm supposed to do, leading my family in the way I'm supposed to, if I'm putting the, the spiritual things first like they're supposed to, there's a lot less stress in my house. Okay? Because my leadership is doing what it's supposed to do. They're putting their trust in me, and I'm putting my trust in the Lord. And therefore... They're not worried about a lot of things. Why? Because either dad's got it, and if he doesn't got it, God's got it. Okay? But once I get that system messed up, guess what happens? That's when we start to fight. That's when there's worry. That's when there's anxiety. Why? Because the leadership is not strong. What they're putting their trust in is not getting there. Okay? So from a real world aspect, I can see how this works. It's all about who you put your trust in. It's all who you're going to put your faith in. All right. So, first thing, walking in freedom. We have to understand there has to be truth. And that truth, of course, is salvation. Now, we have to take a step further and we have to be progressing. Because if we're not progressing, as the age-old thing that I've always heard, if you're not moving forward, what's happening? You're moving backwards. Okay? You always got to be progressing. You got to be moving forward. Okay? Ultimately, when I get to heaven, I want to hear what? Well done, good and faithful servant. And I don't believe that if I'm not moving forward... Trying to achieve that image or the example that Christ has set before me, I'm going to hear that. So I got to be working for it. I got to keep moving because I want to hear well done, good and faithful servant. Next, we've got to have some truth in there or trust in there. And that trust has to be based in somebody who's big enough to take care of it. And who is that? That's God. Okay. Therefore, we can live in freedom because we're not worried about this or, or uh, yeah, that's not going to bug me. This is good. That's good. Why? Because he's got it. It doesn't matter what the situation is. He's got it. Okay, it's all important who you put your trust in. Lastly, and I think this is this is very key because yeah, we we talk about progressing, we talk about putting our trust in the Lord, and that's all good and well. But what happens as we start walking on a daily basis? Well, it's just like when I'm out hawk or uh, out hiking. If I'm not careful, I'm not paying attention, and I trip and stumble on a rock. What's going to happen? slows my progress down, right? Because now I'm rolling down the hill, you know? And the older I get, the rounder I get, the better I roll, okay? Uh, and you laugh, I'm almost 40, okay? Yeah, I'm almost 40, yeah. So just so you know, I do have a few aches and pains I didn't have when I was 25, okay? Now I understand that you're like 80, so you have a few more, but... <laughs> All right. But the same thing happens for us. All right. When we're in this, this spiritual walk, as we're progressing, we're moving forward, living in the spiritual freedom, the devil wants to what? 
trip us up, okay? And he does that by putting some sins in there, okay? It makes things look good to trip us up. If we continue reading in our Colossians passage, in the 13th verse, it says, When you are dead in your sins, in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins. Having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us, he has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. Having disarmed the powers and the authorities, he has made public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Okay. So we've all sinned. We understand that. Now, part of that basic truth of salvation is what? Asking for forgiveness. Okay. But now, does that just leave us alone and that's it? We don't have to deal with it anymore? No, that's not how it works. Okay. This is where I want you to understand that the Christian walk is progressive. You have to keep moving forward. You have to keep growing. Because we're going to make mistakes. We're going to stumble. We're going to fall. The devil's been telling lies and, and tripping people up for a very long time. And he's very good at it. Very, very good at it. So we have to be in the word, putting the truth in there, so we can avoid those pitfalls. In Galatians 5.1 it says, For freedom... Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to the yoke of slavery. Now, the slavery that, of course, he was talking about I, in this particular verse was a, was a slavery to the old law. Okay? But for us, slavery to sin. Okay? We've got to be careful. And it's interesting because if you actually look at inmates that actually come out of uh, uh, when, when they're set free, they really don't know what to do. And a lot of times what happens? They go right back to the same stuff that they were doing before they got there. Okay? Do we do the same thing? Absolutely. We have a tendency to go back to those sins that we were doing before we asked Christ into our life. And we're tripping and we're stumbling and we're falling. Instead of staying on that path that we're supposed to. Now granted, that's just the beauty of having this wonderful sin, this old sin nature that we have, that we have to constantly be battling against. Okay? But, once again, this is one of those things that convicted me because I feel like I'm stripping and stumbling all the time. And Ephesians 5 is really good at pointing those out. And so, I was like, okay, God, I get it. I've got to back up. I've said some things I shouldn't have. I've acted in some ways I shouldn't have. Okay, we're going to back up, redo, and try to avoid those pitfalls this time. Okay? We've got to progress. got to be moving forward. got to get rid of those sins in our life. Because if we don't get rid of those sins... And we keep stumbling. Are we ever going to get to that, that goal that we want? Absolutely not. All we'll be dealing with is the sins in our life on a daily basis. So, my challenge is to use to make sure that you keep that short list of sins. Be on your knees on a daily basis before the Lord. Ask Him forgiveness. Stay in His Word. And doing your absolute best to avoid those sins the next time. Okay? Once you do, you'll be amazed at the freedom that you have. Because those sins aren't holding you back. Okay, I mean, it's amazing to me how many stories in the Bible you have of these guys who you see their life before Christ came in and then you see their life afterwards. One of the greatest ones, of course, is, uh, is, uh, is Paul. Well, Saul at the time. But when he was knocked off, his, knocked off his horse or his donkey by a bright light, he began to live in spiritual freedom. Okay? And he did amazing things for, what, for the Lord because... He was able to put those things to the side. All right? And I want to be used like Paul was. I really do. I mean, that guy did so much for the Lord, it's amazing. 
Okay? Another one of my favorite examples, of course, is, uh, is David. A man after God's own heart. I keep going back to that. For one, he gives me hope. Okay? A man after his own heart. But it's like we were discussing in our growth group yesterday. If you read the Psalms, David had a pretty good idea who God was. You know what I'm saying? It was amazing to me as you read it, the things that were coming out of his heart as he was just pleading before the Lord with ever what was going on in his life. Okay? But because David did trip and he did fall, what happened to his family? Hmm? Because of those sins that David did commit, did they trip him up? Did the Lord just forget him? He forgave David, but what happened? There were some serious consequences to those. Okay? It destroyed his family. All right? And that's really what I want to point out from David. Okay? Is that if we continue to fall into those sins, there will be consequences and they are going to trip us up and they are going to slow us down. Okay? Imagine how the story would have been different if David had avoided some of those pitfalls. Okay? The same is true for us. Okay? We let those sins in. We let them trip us up. We're going to have issues. And they will, in a lot of ways, destroy our life. So we've got to get rid of them. Now, that doesn't mean that once we do something, David's a prime example. He asked for forgiveness, moved forward, and didn't and tried not to do it the next time. Okay? That works for us as well. So, don't be a slave to sin. It will rob you of your freedom in Christ. And whatever you do, please keep a short list of sins. Be on your knees on a daily basis before the Lord and live in His forgiveness and freedom. Isn't that truly what forgiveness is? It's living in His freedom. Okay? So, let's kind of bring it all together. True freedom comes from a strong leadership, and what greater leadership is there than the leadership of Jesus Christ? That goes back to our trust. We only achieve freedom when we give up control, which is easier said than done. And the key to walking in freedom is embracing Jesus as you put those two, those three things together, and you'll be walking in freedom. Okay? Here are the a few questions I just want to leave you with. Because I think I just want you to contemplate them as you go through this week to see if maybe there's something that you yourself need to work on. I confess that I'm working on some things. Okay? But maybe these will allow you to think of some things that maybe you need to uh, do better so that you can walk in that spiritual freedom that God has for you. All right. What is something that you can change that will allow you to be able to walk more in freedom? Like I said, it was the Ephesians 5 passage is the one I'm working on. Okay? And what is keeping you from surrendering to the Lord? Okay? Now, I just feel like as Christians, we've been called to walk in spiritual freedom. And I can give you verse after verse to prove that. And I think that sometimes we just, uh, we get a little lazy. And we don't think it's quite as important as it is. And then we're veering off course. And I just want us to be encouraged to come back to what we know. And to walk in that spiritual freedom that we have. So we can be free of the worry and the anxieties of this world. Because we know what's going to happen. God's got it. Okay. And in the end, we all get to go to heaven. Which sounds pretty wonderful to me. You know what I'm saying? If we've, if we've accepted that truth of salvation, then we get to go to heaven. But I don't want us to stop there. I want us to keep progressing. 
I want us to be those Christian people that God wants us to be. I want people to see, I want the lost world to see a difference in us. Because as we said before, as the world gets a little crazier every day, there's more than enough opportunity to share Christ. Because those people out there, they don't have the answers. They don't know. They don't. And they're looking at you saying, how can you be so calm? Well, let me tell you about my Jesus. Okay? So there is importance to it. For our own personal life and for those people out there. I cannot tell you how important it is to walk in that freedom that Christ has given us. All right? Let's pray. Dear Father, thank you so much for the opportunity to be in your house. Lord, more than anything, I just want us to walk in your freedom, Lord. I want us to be the witnesses and the things that you want us to be, Lord. And Lord, I just feel like in my own personal life, I fall so, fall so, fall so short. And Lord, I don't want to do that anymore. I just want to reset and follow you. Lord, I want my witness to be something that you can use to witness to other people, Lord. I don't want the stress and the worry of this world to get me down. I just want to focus on you and keep sharing your word. Lord, I love you, and it's an honor to be in your house today. In Jesus' name, amen.